Simon Wollstonecroft is a drummer from Manchester. His first band at school was with Ian Brown and John Squire. His second band became The Smiths. He played with The Fall for 11 years and continues to play drums for Manchester bands today. Johnny Marr nicknamed him Funky Sai. This is Funky Sai's A to Z of Manchester bonus episodes. Funky Sai's Festive Fives. Hello, Simon. Good evening, Jackie. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Good yeah. man. Now, I meant to ask you last time I was talking to you if you'd watched The Beatles, you know, um, how they've got all that footage and they've condensed it not, down to eight hours. Peter, not yet, but... Peter um, Jackson. Uh, wow, and how many parts is it in? Three. Right, okay. Have you have you seen it? No, but I want to. Um, I've heard the kind of you, people talking about the relationship between the band members. Yes, was it frosty? You know what? It's absolutely fascinating. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thank Peter Jackson for taking f- four years it took him right, to okay. edit down all the audio and the footage that he had Okay, into eight hours. Were they a happier band at that stage? Honestly, I, I really want to th- see what you think of it, having been in a band. Okay. Um, and especially over quite a number of years like they were, because their relationship was incredible to see Paul write a song in front of your very eyes is it's like magic yeah sure it was the greatest thing and his relationship with john there was so much love between them okay and george couldn't get a look in right i guess you need that don't you a successful writing partnership or do you you do but not when one of the people is george who can write and is desperate to they just won't let him in well it didn't look like it right okay what was ringo doing nothing at all Bless Ringo for not really having too much of an imposing personality because there were already enough of those. Yes. I think what it showed was that they needed a manager. Okay. So Epstein had died and they had no manager. Is it Yoko now looking after him? Well, Yoko turned up. I know she gets a bad press and I know she got blamed for breaking up the Beatles, but... And I'd, I'd be very interested to hear what you think of this, but when a band member brings their girlfriend to work every day while you're recording an album, you've really got to, it's got to get yeah, on it's your all nerves. Right once in a while. Drop not in. Every not every day. No. And, and not sat right next to them no. while they're playing their guitar. Right, okay. It infuriated me, and I wasn't in the Beatles. I don't know if you're aware <laughs> of that, Simon. <laughs> but I wasn't. Bless them, they did put up with it because right. they realised that John was so in love with her. Yeah. Which, yes, we all like and her. And the work would suffer if they said, get rid of her, you know. Well, I think they thought, well, he'll just walk as well. So, <laughs> Right, a bit risky then, maybe. Very yeah. risky. But they'd probably know him better than we did. Correct. You know? so they, <laughs> well, they're going to watch it, though, yeah. They put up with it, and it's fascinating. It's Billy Preston turns up just in the nick of time. Well, what a genius he was. And just so delighted to be put. He turned up, I think he was doing a couple of TV shows in London. So he came to the studios just to see them and okay. say hi. Yeah. And they ended up saying, we, we actually need somebody on keyboards. Well, oh, okay. that, that was it then. That's how it worked. He sometimes. joined the band. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. So so he was great. And they just, just to see them working and producing the songs that they did. Was it, is it filmed in Abbey Road? It's filmed in Apple in their offices. Okay. So it started off in one place. They didn't like it. It was too big. Right. So they moved, created a studio, and obviously it ends up on the rooftop 
I don't want to have a spoiler alert for anybody no, no, no. who's not seen it, but I think we all know that they did yeah. end up doing a, a show on the rooftop. That's right, yeah. Oh, it's definitely worth watching. Some my less sacked, okay. Right, well, watch it. Good man. <laughs> okay. No, it's really, really good. And I didn't want it to end, even though it was eight hours long. Um, okay, so we're here with Funky Size Festive Fives. <laughs> And the first festive five, it's going to be TV characters. Oh, great. So we've got five of those. I'm looking forward to this. Well, uh, we're going to start off with George Cole, who, you know, famously was uh, Arthur in Minder. Uh, he'd been in other stuff. He'd been an actor since he was very young. He played Flash Harry in St. Trinian's. <laughs> <laughs> Did George Cole. But what a character he is. Yeah. And uh, even all these years later, if it's on in the background when I'm at home... And it still makes me laugh, some of the expressions he's got. And, uh, you know, God bless George, George Cole. Uh, my next one is going to be Arthur Lowe from Dad's Army, who was actually born not far from here in Hay- Hayfield, out right. near Glossop. You know, was a, a radio, worked on radios in the Army, you know, in the Suez War. And wasn't he the voice of the Mr. Men? Was he really? I don't know about that. Arthur Lowe, I'm sure he was. Yeah, Captain Manring. Yeah, let me just double check that before we carry you on. stupid boy. <laughs> <laughs> it was, what a great voice he's got. Did, which voices did he do in Mr. Man? No, he yeah. did all of them because he narrates it all, doesn't he? Oh, so okay. he becomes all the characters like Mr. Tickle. Oh, okay. Yes, Mr. Strong. <laughs> he's all of them. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, uh, Arthur Lowe, I mean, you know, he had very poor eyesight and, uh, you know, he liked imitating um, all the officers when he was in the army. This is how he started. And, uh, you know, he was in the Army Field Entertainment Unit. He was in Z Cars and the Avengers. And apparently he was dead pompous by nature. But I know somebody like him. <laughs> <laughs> so it makes me laugh. Yeah. Um, you know, this- But Dad's Army is one of those TV shows that if it's on, I'm watching it, like Porridge. Yeah, again and again and uh, again. You don't, yeah, it doesn't matter how many times you've seen no, them. No, there's not, there's not everything you can say about that. Um, t- talking of porridge, Ronnie Barker's my next one. Oh, wow. Again, what a character he was. I mean, he, he was a, uh, a bank manager, uh, Ronnie Barker, for quite a while, I think, before he started to get into amateur dramatics. What, in real life he was a bank manager? Yeah, he was. I never knew that. Yeah, started off a training as an architect, but uh, chucked it all in. Wow. I think he just wanted to, you know, he wanted, uh, wanted to be on the stage. Yes. You know what I mean? He was obviously very early on, though, just perhaps his parents had said, no, you need to get a proper job. Yeah, I think that's what happened. Yeah, so he yeah. did and then thought, no, I don't want to do it's this proper job. St- stuck with it and uh, you get a character like that. Now, I've, I've never been to prison. <laughs> Not yet, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> There's always time, Simon. There's always time. But uh, I'm sure it's, you know, not as quite as uh, rosy as it seems, you know, in no. the show there. But what a great cast of comedians and, you know, actors. Oh, it's so brilliant. And, of course, Mackay. Well, he's fantastic he, he's as well. He's just unbelievable, isn't he? Yeah. When he does that thing with his twitches, twitches <laughs> his face. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I've watched that again. Um, the next person... <laughs> A TV character is actually Carl Pilkington. Oh, really? Yeah, now he's from Sale or Stratford, um, I led to believe, because I, I, I watch his shows when they're on, although I wish he'd make a new one because I keep repeating it. I think it just got a bit old. That was the problem. I think that's obviously right. why he gave up. Oh, okay. Because I think he pr- perhaps felt that as well, maybe. Oh, right, okay. 
But um, <laughs> he did mention this shop called Sale Snips in one of the episodes, uh, so which was in Sale Precinct, as I remember it, you know, selling sort of uh, pound goods, yeah, and, you know, uh, hairbrushes and stuff like that. <laughs> deadpan, you know, really deadpan. I really like that. And, and, he, and he really didn't want to be thrust into the limelight, did he? No, not really, but sometimes when he smiled, it was great. I know. You know, he didn't do it very often, but you could tell when he was dead happy. Yeah, and and sometimes he couldn't stop himself, could he? I know. He, you could see he was really trying not to crack, and, you know, no, he see, and he's he's gone very quiet over the last few years, but yeah. he probably thought, no, it's not for me, this. I used to love, uh, you know, uh, Ricky Gervais going, come on, Carl, it's a holiday. <laughs> So like a catchphrase, another one. But uh, yeah, okay, so that's uh, Carl Pilkinson. The last one is my old friend Molly Sugden, who uh, played Mrs Slocum. Of course. And uh, are you being served, you know, about the department store? I may have told you, she used to come in and get a smoked salmon when I worked in a fishmonger's. Yes. I used to cut it for her. Was it like serving the Queen? Was it like, what, sorry? Was it like serving the Queen? She had that sort of air about her that... Yeah, kind of. Yes. Yeah, a huge mink coat. I don't... Yeah, <laughs> you know, those diamond rings and a mink hat. Uh, but she was very nice, you know. Uh, you know, it's just these characters that come along, just evergreen, aren't they? And huge. I mean, she was so well known. Yeah, she was. I think those characters at that time from the 70s. Yeah, Because was... we didn't have many channels. Kids, you you know, they can't no, believe exactly. it these days when they've got 7,000 channels. Yeah. But we, we only had two or three. Two, then three, then four for a bit. And yeah, then, and that was the 80s. So got, yeah. <laughs> but she was in Coronation Street playing Nellie Harvey, was Molly Sugden. A lot of people have been through that Coronation Street. Oh, absolutely, yeah. The good old street. So, yeah, that's my final one. So when she came in the shop, did if people recognised her? Oh, God, yeah. Everybody was running around, you know, dead excited. Would she sign autographs and things? Was she... I never asked her for an autograph. No. Um, I didn't, never had an autograph, but as far as I remember, I may have done. But uh, I saw Brian Robson yesterday. <laughs> did you want to ask him for his autograph? <laughs> no, no. He was in a rush and, uh, you know, I could tell he, you know, he, he, he just wanted to get on with his business. I think he's got a film out, you see. Did you stop him to have a chat? No, I didn't. Oh, I OK. Right. Yeah, but I was trying to get my own business done. <laughs> like uh, that? No, Brian, I've not got time for you. I've got my own business. <laughs> no, well, I picked him up in my cab uh, oh, when okay. I was at any time driver. Yes. Um, in the late 90s, after I quit the fall, and I did that for a couple of years. Picked him up from his house a few times. A few of them. He was a fantastic player, though, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, Robbo. He was. Yeah, 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 he was absolutely. a great player. So, uh, yeah, where were we? Yeah, Mrs Slocum. How did we get from Mrs Slocum to <laughs> Brian Robson? <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, yeah, no, she was lovely. Um, but, we, you know, we get a lot of footballers coming in this uh, fish fishmongers. Oh, it was the famous fishmongers, was it? Well, Pimlots in Wimslow, it was. Yes. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> It's quite a study of, you know, characters coming in. But it's quite good. I think you should have specialist shops like that. We should go back to that. Yeah, they've gone now. Uh, there but, are a few still around, but, right. but just not as many. Okay. But you were you were highly skilled, weren't you? <laughs> you knew how to slice the, fi the fish Yeah, with properly. a filleting knife. I yeah. was, actually. Yes. Yeah. I still might go and work on one of them trawlers one day. <laughs> watch all those TV shows. It's about. always the dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, my next festive five, Jackie, mm -hmm. 
of your favourite five films. Great. You know, just thought of tonight. Do you remember Brewster's Millions with Richard Pryor? I do. I love that one. It's, um, it's incredible. It's really funny. What a great uh, comedian he was. Yes. Richard Pryor. Oh, he was excellent, wasn't he? He had to spend how much was it? About 30 million US dollars. And if you didn't spend it, you wouldn't get anything. That's right. And he ended up, what, with a $100 bill. Do you remember what he sent? What he spent it on? No. So, <laughs> do you? No, I don't. I was just thinking. No. <laughs> no, it's good. That's why we have to watch it again. Yeah. No, I will do for see it come on. I yes. love it. You know, he got his little baseball club together. You know, dead proud of him. Got the money now out from this will, and he goes to you know Manhattan to claim it. But it was a condition. So yeah, recommend that. Yeah. Uh, next film's Goodfellas with Robert De Niro and all those people. Uh, really good. I love the style of the cars, the clothes, um, just the way it was back then. Just the style of the film making itself, though, the, yeah. with the music. It's yeah. just fantastic. Great music. Uh, it's just really good. The shots when they go through, like, the old bars or the old nightclubs and they go through the kitchens. Yes. And back through the clubs and things. Did that a lot in them days. Yeah, it's Columbo great. used to do like doing that, didn't he? <laughs> I'm sneaking in the map kitchen. <laughs> See who's hiding. No, it's um, Joe Pesci's brilliant. Isn't yes, it, isn't he, he is. Yeah. Yeah. Again, you know, I, uh, most people have seen that one, I think. But it is one that if it's on, you settle yourself in to watch it again. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Yeah. Just brilliant colour, different type of film. Then, yeah, it's great. There? So um, my next film is Hobson's Choice. Now, I only ever saw, I saw this about uh, Lulu said, oh, come and watch this, Simon. It's set in Salford. You'll recognise all the places, and I did, and I absolutely loved it. Oh, it's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Charles. Did you study that at school? No, I didn't. No, but I didn't. But I just love it, because I love John Mills. Yes. And I love Charles Lawton. Right, OK. Um, but I've seen that film many, many times. That's surprise, you know, black and white, obviously. I don't, is it late 50s? Yeah, it must be around. Yeah, it must be 50s. Sure enough, you know, you can recognise Chapel Street and the way they're talking about that posh shop in St. Anne's Square, the cobblers, uh, you know, the prices they charge. Not like down here in Salford. But it's a lovely story. You know, about the the boss's daughter, who's going to become an old maid pretty soon, starts asking out the uh, guy who's working, doing all the work downstairs, this master cobbler, and uh, they set up their own firm. Oh, it's brilliant. You know, rivals. Yeah. It's just Dad's just drunk all the time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, great, great film, that. The uh, next one, then, it's going to be Zoolander. Now Lulu calls me Zoolander. <laughs> <laughs> With Ben Stiller. Um, it, it's, 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 Why does she call you Zoolander? You're know. always posing in front of I the mirrors. Know. I don't know. Well, Simon, there's, there's an insight into your life here that we've all now discovered. Yeah. It's great, though. There's, there's two uh, models, um, him and uh, Hansel. Ben Stiller's the actor, of course. Yes. And it's just really good when that, uh, Hansel turns up on a scooter and he's cooler than him. <laughs> and uh, I love that film, I really do. I um, think I've only ever seen it once. Okay, yeah. Yeah, a very long time ago, but it's... Um, what's his name plays him, doesn't he? Hansel was played by Owen Wilson. Yes, that's yeah, it, he Owen was. Wilson. He was, he's great as well, isn't he? But it was great. Is you know? that who you are when Lulu's saying to you? I think you, I'm Ben Stiller. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm seeing you in a whole different light now, Simon, yeah, yeah, with she, the posing in front of the mirror. She calls me, you know... Uh, Does she say, oh, Zoolander, come yeah, on. Yeah, in front of people. <laughs> 
Super. That's your new name from now on. <laughs> <laughs> and my final choice is Jules Steven Spielberg production. Just a, such a simple story about a guy who leaves home and drives across Nevada desert in a, a big old 70s car there. And this big truck appears out of nowhere and tries to kill him, basically. <laughs> you never see the guy's face in the truck. He's got a big cowboy hat on, cowboy boot. And uh, there's, there's a lot of throwing snakes about. <laughs> and he, he nearly gets run off the road, but he makes it in the end. Just don't know spoilers, because I've not seen it. <laughs> well, I'd like I, to see that at Christmas. I love Spielberg. Obviously, he's my favourite director. Yeah. I just think he tells a story so well. So I'm delighted that there's one I've not seen. Right, okay. So how old is that film? I think then? it's mid-70s or early 70s even. Oh, so even. it's a, a very early one. Yeah, and he's wow. a sales rep. Um, he, he goes out, you know. Uh, but he does make it in the end and the truck goes Talon. off the side of the car. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for my next Festive Five, I'm choosing five different music shows that I remember. Oh, uh, great. You know, and uh, the obvious one, Top of the Pops, of course, Thursday night, um, regular as anything for years and years and years. Loved it. It was all we talked about in the playground the next day. Well, we um, mentioned it, didn't we, about Boy George last week. I mean, his appearance was unbelievable. It's, it's all anybody talks about the next day. Yeah, it was. was did you see him last night on yeah. Top of the Pops? And, and how great it was and what an impact he had on people. It's a shame there aren't any shows like that anymore, really, yes. It's incredible, though, isn't it, that there isn't? I know. It must be very expensive of something to make. I don't know why they don't do it. Perhaps it's a bit uh, dangerous. I don't know if they're live. Though Top of the Pops wasn't live, though you could play live if you wanted. In fact, I did. I yeah, you were on it. Yeah. yeah, twice. And so when you say you played live, because what they used to do was record it, didn't they, in the day, and then just mime to what they'd recorded. Yeah. But you actually played, we, it, we live. played it live. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's Top of the Pops. Another show that I, I liked, mm. I remember, was uh, the late 70s, Something Else. Uh, I think it was a BBC, had that one. What I remember most about that is The Clash performing Tommy Gun, oh. the single. It was amazing. Yes. I think it was 1978. So was that a late night show? It wasn't dead, dead late, as I remember. Probably eight o'clock or something. Oh, okay. I think so. Anyway, mm. um, the jam were on eating rifles. Joy Division appeared, performing Transmission. So I remember that one fondly. TGA Fridays uh, was one that I played on as well, in the same theatre, Riverside Theatre, where you and I first. Uh, well, I went first. Tread the ball. Yes. Tread the ball. And Hey Luciani. Yeah. And talking of Hey Luciani. Somebody's yes. discovered some footage. There's only little bits, but it's better than nothing. Well, isn't it incredible? Yes. Yeah. Because Mark always used to threaten if I ever saw, when I bumped into him, he'd say, you know, we're going to put it on, don't you? We're going to put it on somewhere. And I'd say, do not ever show that film. And he'd say, I will, I'm going to show it. <laughs> anyway, thankfully, I don't think there is any footage. But that little bit that you've got yes. looks great. Yeah, it does with uh, Michael Clark dancing. Yes. And the Pope talking and, yeah, you know, different people. Yeah, me and Lee Bowery, I think, And Yes, yeah, so you're in a bit of it and... Hopefully, hopefully some more will come out. Thankfully, there's somewhere. none of me anywhere, which <laughs> I played a nun and played a young office woman. Um, oh, yeah. If somebody got it and could edit it together, it could look really good. Yeah, it could, couldn't yeah. it? Yeah. You know, edit out all the rubbish. I can't remember how long it lasted. It was like 20 minutes, 25 minutes and a break and 25 minutes. And there was a couple, there was at least two or three songs in it. 
Yeah, there was. I think the songs were mostly at the end, as I remember it. But it's um, how great to find that footage. I know. It was so exciting. When I saw Michael Clark dancing around those, you know, those sort of cutouts of hedges. Yeah, It yeah. really took me back to watching him from the side of the stage. Right, did it? Yeah, and think, because he used to stand next to me and he'd show me how to sh keep your feet for, you know, doing ballet poses. Oh, yeah. And he showed me how to do it. Of course, he just thought it was a half wit because I couldn't do my feet <laughs> properly. But what a lovely man Michael is. Yes, he is, isn't he? Yeah, so I was delighted to see that. So, uh, yeah, that was at the riverside where TGI was. Yes. That was all very exciting. That was a live TG TV show. It was Chris Evans, wasn't it? And it was a yeah. Friday night and it was live. Friday night. He got into a lot of trouble from pe for people but, swearing, didn't he? Yeah, Sean Ryder got in a bit of bother, didn't yeah. he? And yeah. then he invited him back and he did it again. Played pretty vacant then, see, with, with the band. Oh, did he? Yeah, Sean Ryder. Right, After okay. he'd been thrown out for swearing, <laughs> he came back. But that was a good show. Brilliant show, Nana Cherry on it, Fun Boy 3. He got some huge American guests on it, and yeah, didn't they did. he? Yeah, everybody wanted to appear on it. Man in a Suitcase theme. We used that, didn't they? You know, for the, in the theme tune, which was great as well. So that was on Channel 4. The Tube, of course, another Channel 4. Up in Newcastle, we filmed it. And uh, was live? Yeah, it was live yeah. again. ABC, I saw them on there. Chaka Khan, yep. Prefab Sprout, Ian Jory. The Fall played on it before I joined The Fall. But I played there with uh, Terry Hall and the Colourfield. And talk, talk, Ron. So did you have to go up to the studios in Newcastle? Yeah, we got a train. Terry and the, the, the other lads in the band from York, well... From, from Manchester, we must have gone to York and up there, stayed at the hotel. Was Craig Gannon, of course, he was in the band then. And uh, I hung out with Craig quite a lot. That's where I met Sade in the bar. We had a little drink together before we went to film live. And she said, don't worry, <laughs> you'll be all right. <laughs> so that's nice, because I, I love her voice, Sade. Yeah, really good. So I remember that mostly. Uh, another TV show, The Other Side of Midnight. Anthony Wilson, of course. Anthony Wilson's show. It was the first time Pacific by 808 State was performed, you know, live. Right. It was on Granada TV. Um, of course, uh, Big New Prince by The Fall, uh, which I feature on. We did that there. I've seen that a few times and performed it a few times. You know, over the years. Well, of course, Anthony was brilliant, wasn't he, at picking bands and yeah, he was. and trying to promote good music. Yeah, uh, I was a, I was telling him I went to see OMD the other night. Somebody told me that he didn't like and designed to factory, but he wasn't that keen on them. I don't know if that's true, but uh, they did all right, didn't they? He didn't like. He didn't seem to like anybody he thought had gone to college or university. Like he, himself, he you mean? He preferred people that he thought had come from the streets. And right. Were, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember hearing Clint Boone actually having an argument with him on his show, and he said, "I don't care where people come from." This is Clint yeah. saying to um, Anthony Wilson, saying, "As long as they make good music, sure, yeah, that's I, true, it doesn't matter it? where they come from." Yeah, there's a lot of that, you know. All posh boys in this band or that band, you know. Uh, doesn't matter, does it? No, it doesn't matter. The music's really, good. The music speaks for itself, and that's fine. Uh, There's quite a lot of that, you know. So, yeah, that there my five TV shows are. Great. Okay, my next Festive Five is going to be favourite cities of mine. Marvellous. Over the years. Going to start off with Napoli, uh, where I went on holiday uh, about a couple of years ago. Absolutely love the place. First thing I noticed was that all the cars had dents in them. 
you know, little little fiats everywhere. It's, you know, in the old city there, um, tiny little streets. It's a, it's a real sight to behold. They're crazy drivers, though, aren't they, in Italy? I mean, you are taking your life in your hands on those streets. Yeah, you are. And young kids on, uh, you know, like mopeds, about five years of age, <laughs> like nobody bats an aisle. No, going in between all the cars. Yeah, down these little tiny streets. <laughs> Stayed at the, v- actually on the Via Tribunale, um, which is like the sort of main street in the old part of town. Oh, so nice. interesting. Yeah. Got catacombs underneath there. Um, there's a Banksy on the wall, um, the Madonna. Nobody's sort of took it away or you know, tried to peel it off the wall. It's still there. I suppose they're quite religious, aren't they? It's just really, really edgy, lively city. It's funny, though, in Italy, isn't it? In the evenings, people tend to sit out and drink, but there's not really a huge nightlife. They like to not just really. sit around yeah, chatting. Talking. Yeah, and... smoking, which suits me. But, you know, we went to the place, the pizza place there, where the Pope's been. That was a claim to fame. The Pope's Pizza Place. <laughs> yeah, but it was good pizza, but everybody has a little drink outside, you know, uh, red wine, while they're waiting to go in the restaurant. Um, you see, that's my sort of place. Yeah, I know. Just take it easy and drink red wine while you're waiting to go in and drink more red wine. Really good. Uh, we went to visit Pompeii, and uh, the ruins. Uh, it was just, uh, we thought we'd been smart by not getting a guy to take us. <laughs> And we missed half of it, by all accounts. <laughs> there was a sandstorm. But um, what I remember is they used to have these um, chips of white stones in the buildings, which were like prototype cat's eyes, which I thought was really clever. Um, made it like a, like a diamond-shaped chips of marble or whatever, set in another type of stone. Yeah, it's really good. Um, on the way back... <laughs> On the train, there's a gang of pickpockets. Oh, no. <laughs> Hello. Uh, so, you know, it's just a, it's just an edgy place. Oh, we went to Capri as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah on a ferry. Gorgeous. Uh, always wanted to go to Capri. You know, when I was younger, you'd see it on, t- you know, films. There's Sophia Loren or whatever, you know, hanging out there. Or on travel shows. Yeah. You know, if they went to Capri, it always looked fantastic. Yeah, it's really nice. Uh, Did you just go for a day visit then? Yeah, yeah. basically, yeah. So I'd definitely like to go back there. And, but the taxi driver, he, it was like <laughs> he was doing us a favour, you know what I mean? Yes, and he was a bit of right attitude. Oh, yeah, like, real attitude. Yeah, I love that. It. I didn't say anything. Cause you just want to get home then, you know, I don't want any trouble. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, Napoli. New York City, of course. Uh, I wasn't that keen the first time I went because I, I liked LA and the sunshine. Um it was a bit of a shock, you know, because it's so fast and everybody's dead rude. But uh, I really learned to love it, uh, really did. Oh, I love New York. From the minute I got there at the airport, yeah, it's just amazing, the yellow cabs and that skyline yeah. and the tree-lined streets, every, everywhere you looked, you thought you were in a film. I know, Central Park. We went in that Plaza Hotel and oh, the cocktail. the Plaza, yeah. Watching them, you know, the cocktail guys, pretty good, you know. Yeah. Did you go to the um, toy shop on the corner opposite the plaza? No, I didn't, I've not been in it. Oh, uh, well, it's gone now. Has it? But you know the film Big? When yes. It, when he goes yeah. Oh, in. is that where he was? Yeah. Where he does on that thing, yeah. right? It's, jumping about on the chessboard, has it? It's a shame. I know, it's a real shame. So well, that's just on the corner of the plaza, Central Park. Okay. And then it was on the other corner. Oh, yes. New York's fantastic. Yeah, um, last time I walked over the Brooklyn Bridge to Brooklyn, and <laughs> just, uh, that's where Andy's moved over to now. Manhattan. 
it was funny because I, I, I went into my pack of sex, you know, first guy in the shop in the deli. And uh, I, I knew how much they were because I bought a packet the other, you know, the day before. I said, oh, they're right there, aren't they? He said, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, this is great. So yeah, I sort of learned to I love it. Yeah. And I played there, you know, about four or five times, New York. Noise on the ball. So that's one of my favourite ones. Uh, I'm going to go with Berlin. Went a lot there with the fall. The Germans loved the fall. I know. What was the love affair with with um, the fall? Um, I'm not sure, really. I, you know, I don't know. No. If I'm honest. But I always remember if I saw Mark and he'd say, um, you, they went back time and time again to Germany. He would yeah. always get tours booked in Germany. A couple of years on the run, we played at the Metropole Theatre, very old theatre, on Christmas Eve, I think it was. Both times, two consecutive years. This, I think, might have just been before the wall came down. It did change. I thought you were going to say before the war. I thought, <laughs> blimey, you're looking good. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, great techno place. Uh, love all those old buildings, you know, bullet holes in them. It's amazing, it really is. Brandenburg Gate. Yeah, I went through the Brandenburg Gate on a tandem. Have you? Oh, yeah. Can you ride tandem? <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love Berlin. It's another great city, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So I've not been for a while, but I'd like to go. Maybe next year. If, 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 uh, we you can. and Lulu on a tandem, Zoolander, <laughs> going through Berlin. <laughs> okay. Uh, the next city then is uh, Rio de Janeiro. I don't know the mention, but we played there once with the fall at the Toucan Festival on the Extricate World Tour. And uh, in 1990, that was. Staying at the Copacabana um, big hotel there, the Meridian, wow. on the beach. And I shared a room with Martin Brahma. Uh, that I never got to know Martin really, but they had Brahma beer. I've never seen. It was the first time I'd seen it. Um, you know, we had a He's not work. related to the Brahma beer. <laughs> I don't think no. so. No, but uh, yeah, great. We're up, you know on the beach, uh, all wearing black jeans and where everybody else is, you know. Well, Martin jeans. didn't allow people to wear shorts. Well, no, he didn't like it, and he'd, <laughs> he'd make it known. You know, he wasn't yeah. very happy about it. Yeah, I went round the favela to have a look. These young lads came out, shoot, you know, what shiny shoes. I said, no, you're all right, mate, you're all right. But they kept following me, and uh, one of them put some mud on the shoe, and then went, look, look. <laughs> so then I had to do it, and then I, I gave him a wad of this local currency, which wasn't really worth much money, but I didn't have any US dollars. So, And that's what they were after, really. Yeah, they were, yeah. Yeah, yeah loved it all, all of it, Rio. Um, the scenery is unbelievable. You know, big uh, little islands sticking out of the ocean. You just don't get that round this part of the world. Where we <laughs> uh, went to a big meat fest thing, you know, uh, like a gaucho sort of thing, you know, where they just keep coming with meat and meat and more meat. Uh, the Redeemer, Jesus Christ, the Redeemer. Yes, of course. Yeah, had a look at that. Uh, it's just a brilliant Can time. you go up to that? Yeah, you can. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I think Carl Pilkington did that as well. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't think much of it <laughs> when he got there. Uh, yeah, it was a great little trip, that. Uh, saying that, that was the extricate, so we went all over the place. So I've got fond memories of Rio. Um, the next one's San Francisco. I talked about it uh, last week, I think, didn't I? Yeah. But, um, well, I got when I got married, I went on my honeymoon. I got married in Vegas. 
the second time. Oh, look at you. <laughs> and uh, we drove, we stayed there in San Francisco before we drove down to uh, Las Vegas to wow. tie the knot. But I uh, just love it, you know, again, those Victorian buildings made of wood, uh, the Golden Gate, the Alcatraz, uh, just a great place. Uh, you know, just instantly uh, attracted to it, particularly like that really windy road you've ever seen. That. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. But, uh, yeah, I, lo I loved it there. After that, we drove down to uh, Laguna Beach, down near LA there for a couple of weeks, which is great. So that was my honeymoon. So, yeah, that's my five cities. My next festive five is my definitive lineup of the fall. <gasps> Looking forward to this. Yeah, well, as I can't play drums on this one, I'm going to go have Spencer Bertwistle came after me. I'm not sure it was immediately after me. No, no, it was a few years later, wasn't it? Was he? Yeah. Yeah, but he's very good. He, right. He's excellent. Of course, he's ex-Interstellar and laugh. And he's a nice fella. And he's I lovely. I bumped into him a couple of years ago, you know, first time in ages. And it was really nice to see him. And on bass, we're going to have, of course, Steve, the human bass handling. Oh. <laughs> um, Steve is one of the loveliest men, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And, you know, when we shared a room, when I joined the band, uh, I shared with him. And he was great. He used to do a lot of uh, ironing of his shirts every night, <laughs> which I admired, you know. Um, I, 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 this isn't the rock and roll story no. we were expecting. But I thought, wow, you know, that's great. You know, he has a, a nice clean shirt for each gig. I really sort of respected that. <laughs> and you know what? He, put, he seemed to put up with so much because on stage, period that I watched you, which was the 80s into the 90s, obviously, when you were there as well. And Mark would just constantly just turn monitors up and down. Yeah, not Steve so much because he'd stand in front of it. Oh, did he? Like a mighty colossus. And he, he is a big man. Yeah, he is. So, um, Do you think there was a bit of, where you know, Mark wouldn't push it perhaps with Steve? I think, yeah, I think there was that. I think there was that. You know, it was imposing, you know, Steve tall. Well, he is. Was there ever any fisticuffs between him and Mark? Not, no, not that I'm ever aware. No. I've never heard that before. Because he seems a bit like a gentle giant, Steve. Yeah, he was kind of like sometimes the enforcer for Mark, but he used to hold his own ground around his amplifier. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't blame him. It's hilarious that you had to, <laughs> you had to guard your own equipment well, yeah. just in case Mark turned it up or down. That's right. But no, Steve, what a great... Just... Great person sound, great to have in the band. Player. Yeah, consistent all those years. Yes. So we've got him on bass. And great at ironing, we've now learned. <laughs> yeah. <which> is marvellous. <laughs> uh, on guitar, Craig Scanlon. Oh. Such a shame, you know, when, when Mark decided uh, he didn't want him in the band anymore. Really terrible. And um, what was the story there? What, what had gone on? I mean, I well, know they'd had years and years together. Yeah, they did. Um, Craig bought a new amplifier. I know that didn't help. It was a Roland Jazz Series or Jazz Chorus, I think. Uh, Lou Reed played one and it did change his sound overnight. So he used to have an old Vox amp, you know, like a vintage one. And it was, you know, uh, just a great tone to it. But this sort of smoothed everything out. So I don't think that helped at all. He, he might have played it on um, Edinburgh Man, for instance. You know, this new amplifier that he got. It was a lot cleaner than the other one. That's what Craig's sound was. It was quite gritty. 
you know, spiking, you know, a bit dirty, you know what I mean? And what was their relationship like? Uh, pretty good, but there was kind of two different camps of Steve and Craig, then me, and then Bricks and Marsha, and then I'd hang out with Mark, you know, going out, you know, um, after gigs or whatever, if we're staying abroad and he'd, you know, come knocking on my door, uh, you know, three in the morning. Need a partner in crime. Yeah, basically, yeah. Um, but I sort of puss up with it, you know, because he made me laugh. Uh, Mark, so uh, yeah, so the kind of it was split up like that. The camp really, but was always messing around with Craig's uh, equipment. Yes, not so much Steve because Steve would guard it, as I say. And Craig would just put up with that, would he? Or would he ever talk to him about it? Would he it, say, "Don't it, do he'd it"? Snap back, yeah, he would snap back at Mark, which was great. Uh, to see, you know, from where I was behind <laughs> the drums. I suppose he but, couldn't do much with the I, drums. I wasn't immune, though, uh, from his fiddling about, because he'd take the microphones off. Oh, no. Because he, he liked the idea of, you know, like the Beatles at Shea Stadium or whatever, with two microphones over the top. Whereas, you know, if you go on a road now with a touring outfit, you might have six microphones on the drum kit, you know what I mean? Right. Don't need these. Get rid of them. <laughs> Uh, it didn't always work for the best, the sound, you know. Sometimes it might have done in the studio if it, you know, decided he didn't like that mic, the look of that microphone, you know. Yeah, experimental is fine, but I don't think once you're in the middle of a gig. No, but no. not a lot you can do. No, not really. I mean, did anybody ever try and take his mic off him? <laughs> no, but the battery kept running out when he, <laughs> when he got finally got um, given sponsorship by Shaw Microphones, <laughs> and we had a kid, Mike, who did, uh, was a hairdresser on so <laughs> It was his job to put the batteries in, but it was always breaking. It was funny. Oh, uh, no. you know, it didn't. But he liked it because when it did work, he'd be in the dressing room, and while we were on stage, you know, to me, he'd be able to disappear, pour oh, himself a scotch while he's in the dressing room singing his lyrics and we'd be like oh god is he coming back you know uh so yeah uh, i don't know how you must have all lived on your nerves you didn't know what he was going to do next no no you didn't you know you really didn't and it, um say it got worse you know it did 11 years with the fall first five six were great but then it started to get a bit airy and what about Steve? How many years did he do? He did 17 in all, wow. although he had a break for a couple of years when his first form uh, came along. Okay, and was is he the longest? Yeah, he is. Okay, and then is Craig next? No, I don't think he is. Oh, um, okay. I'm not sure. It could be me or the drummer, Kieran, who was the last drummer Mark had. Right. Who did 11 years also, like wow. I did. Oh, I thought Craig had been there pretty much as much as Steve had. Well, no, because um, his services were dispensed with. You know, in 1993, something like that, 92. Okay. I think it was about then, yeah. And he never joined another band, did he, Craig? No, he didn't. Uh, I'd love to see him. I think Steve's been in touch with him, he was saying. And uh, Yeah, I'd love to see him. I think the last time I saw him was at the Hacienda. And I've been to his house, because he lives um, where he always lived, you know, when he was in the fall, in Presswich. Oh, OK, because I babysat for him once. In Sale or Northern? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah Northendon. No, I'd love to see him again. Yeah, well, I would too. Let's have a reunion. I know, I know. <laughs> but uh, Mark, Craig, um, he has to walk past that big mural in Presswich every day. Oh, no. And whenever I see it, I always think about, what. wonder what Craig thinks about that. Because he, he'd go and get the tram at the top of the road every day, because, you know, um, he, he works in town or somewhere, I think. 
uh, you'd have to go past this big mural. About some days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I did go down and knocked on his door, but there was no answer. And I, and I opened the letterbox, you know, Gray, Gray. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like an antique shop. You know, you know what I mean? Quite musty. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not going to let us in now you've said that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. No, I loved, I loved him. A great sense of humour. No. Well, you'd have to have. Okay, who are we having on keyboards? Uh, I'm going to go with Simon Rogers. Oh, I love Simon. Very, very talented musician. He he, he did all that Hit the North stuff. Yes. He was in the band on, on um, This Nation Saving Grace, which is my favourite album. Uh, it's quite a popular album, that, as the fall albums go. Really good. He had a lot to do with that. He might have played a bit of bass on it as well as Steve. Yeah, he seemed to be able to do it all, Simon, because yeah. he he did he did the production for Hey Luciani, didn't he? Off stage. Yes, he did. And his wife Lucy was in it. She was one of the nuns with me. That's right. She yeah, was. Yeah, she was lovely. Lucy. Um, he, he went on to work with loads, you know, fine young cannibals. Uh, did a lot with them, as I remember it. You know, after the fall. But um, he was only in the band about a year when I was in it, so he, he would have left in eighty six, eighty seven. Right. But yeah, great player, classically trained and all the rest of it. And lovely man. Yeah, although Mark didn't like classically trained, you know what I mean? You know, he wanted more, uh, you know, do it yourself. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, he'd be my keyboard player. And then, uh, oh, let's have a think who might, your singer might be. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, it could only be Mark, couldn't it? God bless him. Did there, Was there ever another singer in the fall? Not that I'm aware of. No, no. Okay. There couldn't be, how could there be? Well, I'm just thinking, was there ever a time he would invite anybody because Bricks obviously sang and there was a bit of harmony yeah. type stuff yeah, yeah was there nobody that ever sang a song no I don't think so no no I think there was the wasn't there the girl one of the one of his girlfriends Lucy no what's the other girl from Sue not Sue um Saffron no <laughs> <laughs> go on keep going through uh, um Oh, oh, yes, there was. I've forgotten her name now. Yes, go on, quick. She, uh, she was married to the Elena, producer. Elena, No, no, not her. Oh. Um, <clears throat> another girl. She was in the 90s. She played keyboard. Julia Nagel. Julia. Right, yeah. Didn't she sing a few songs? Yeah, but she wouldn't sound that good, you know. <laughs> 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 well, no, how could it not be Mark? You know no. what I mean? It's the same with a lot of these tribute bands. I know it's nice for people to you know, reminisce back when they were younger, you know, uh, they've got the you know the jam, whatever it is, and mm. Queen. And I know he sounds just like Freddie. Yeah. But he's not Freddie, is he? Okay. So that's how I stand on all those things. Yes. It's got to be the original guy or nobody. <laughs> so your singer for your definitive full lineup is Marky Smith. Of course it is. Of course. And so as a front man... Or as a songwriter, or what? What? What was his sort of major? Um, well, his lyrics. When I could decipher what he was singing about, <laughs> and you're in the band. I know, but you know, it's hard. Um, <laughs> uh, it was just a persona of him. You know, uh, didn't want to sell out. When all those samplers came out, he could have had his voice tuned up, so he, you know, sang, sang sweetly. But he didn't. He didn't want that. But it was possible. When that fat boy Slim came out with uh, right about now, so brother, I thought, God, I've done it again. I've left the band just when they uh, took off, got a big hit, but it wasn't him. But uh, 
you know, I'm sure he got influenced, that fat boy, Slim, by Mark. And so did a lot of other people, yeah. of course. There um, seem to be a lot of writers that like Mark. Writers, yeah, academics. Uh, they yeah, obviously saw something in the lyrics, maybe. Yeah, they must have done. Yeah. Yeah. Did he yeah, read he always a had a book, always. Right. In his carrier bag, he'd have a book. I remember his carrier bag and he always had lots and lots of sheets of paper and lyrics written yeah. down. And I'd love to find those. And his realistic uh, mic, you know, a megaphone. Yeah, we are the force. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, which he used to wake us up with, uh, you know, on the bunk beds. Uh, you play all the all the tunes on it, you know, right next to your ear. <laughs> you nearly have an heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I miss them days, Jackie. Oh, I'm not surprised. Such fun, you know. And do you know what? When I've th th talking about the Beatles, you know, and all that footage, wouldn't it be great to have had some footage from those days? I think there probably is somewhere, but you know. Oh, do you think in the studio or with your songwriting process, anything? Or, or on a tour bus, traveling Any, Oh, the tour good, bus would have been great. Would have been, wouldn't it? With him, you know, sectioning off the bits so the roadies can't it's, use the toilets. Yeah, that's right, with the gaffer tape. With now, the gaffer the tape. The um, yeah, if it had mobile phones, you know. In the oh, 80s. it'd have been comedy gold. Wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. What a shame that there weren't more people filming. No, but at least we've seen that bit of A. Luciani, even if it only is 10 minutes. I know, which is great. So we'll, we'll post that up as well, actually. Yeah, that's a good idea. Just for anybody who wants to see it, because it actually makes it look quite good. Yeah, sure. Because it was a bit shambolic, wasn't it? But not that we cared, because <laughs> we were just having a great time. Yeah. We it was were, just such we? fun yes. to be in London Hello. and messing about <laughs> and having all these highbrow people come to try and talk to you earnestly. And we were all just getting drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it, uh, yeah, it's a great time, that, Jackie. OK, Simon, so that's the end of our bonus episode and your funky size festive fives. Have you enjoyed doing it? Absolutely, Jackie. Uh, just forgot how much fun I have. Isn't know, it great? We've, with, yeah. Considering we've not been together for a year. I know. It's just it's... like we've never been away. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very good fun. But we must just mention there's a few people over the... Because obviously it took half a year for us to put all the episodes out. Because yes. there were 26, obviously. 26 yeah. letters of the alphabet. And there were so many people who supported us. And yes. thousands and thousands of people who listened, which is incredible. Oh, that's brilliant. But also sent us so many words of encouragement. Encouraging us, yeah. And, and thanking us and talking to us and saying, please do some more. And, yes. you know, and so we, I just thought we'd take the opportunity okay. to thank a few of them. Okay. Okay. So Rob Snowden loved it, listens to it all the time. So uh, thank you, Rob, for all your support. Yeah. Thank you, Carla Bolgen. Um, you've always encouraged us to do this. Carla always joins in, doesn't she? I'm really glad uh, you know you enjoy it. it. Makes you laugh. Facebook and Twitter, yeah, she's always sending us lovely messages. Nick Carroll, of course, used to oh, look yeah. after the um, jukebox at Corbiers. Right, He's a okay. big fan. Always sends oh, lovely okay. messages. So hi, Nick. Oh hi, Nick. Thank you, Nick. Tracy Donnelly. Of course, she's always supported us. Yes. I love Tracy. I've not seen her for a while, but hopefully we'll see her next year. And you always loved Tracy, didn't you? Offering the lift home in your car. <laughs> uh, I want to thank uh, Neil the Northerner. It's been, I've been very encouraging it. And I met him actually the other night at uh, Freight Island in Manchester. Oh, right, yeah, he was there okay. with his pals. We had a great little chat. Oh, that's marvellous. So thanks, Neil, for listening in, Neil the Northerner. Great. And Simon Dodsworth and Dan Lee, they, oh, yeah. they listen and uh, always send lovely messages as well. Okay. I've got uh, Richard Lewis. Thank you, Richard, for being so uh, 
encouraging. We've got Jono and Nikki. They also send us lovely messages. Uh, and Carl Denbers and Steve uh, at Steve Eld. Steve oh, yes. Eld. Uh, not sure what your surname is, Steve, but uh, thanks for, for you know commenting and all the rest of it. And Mark Dybal. Who well, always a, joins in, doesn't yeah, he? Does, yeah. And uh, one Thanks other person, yeah, one other person who I know is Bill Burrows, who always listens as well, and is always really encouraging. Oh, good. So thank you all very yeah, much you. for Thanks. joining in. So uh, have a great New Year, everybody. Yeah, have Try a, your best. Yeah, and let's hope that twenty twenty two is the year we wanted twenty twenty one to be. Let's not wait another year, Jackie, before we do another podcast. Let's. What not. do you think about that? <laughs> I think that's a great idea, Zoolander. Okay. Great. <laughs> Okay, thanks a lot, yeah. Okay, we're going to need a soundtrack for this episode. What have you got for us, Simon? Okay, so I've got Ashford and Simpson's Solid. Oh, Love that. Great It's on the radio today, that. Uh, Mantronics, Got to Have Your Love. Oh, that's a Hacienda classic. It sure is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a band called Afrodelics with a song called Rolling on Chrome. Excellent bit of drumming on that. Superb. Oh. Oh, I love it when I don't know a song. Yeah, check it out. Check Great, it. will do. We're going to go for the old classic here, Bacara, with Yes Sir, I Can Boogie. Ah, oh, that's a classic. And finally, uh, Owl City with Fireflies. Thank you, Simon. Thank you, Jackie. Have a lovely New Year. Yeah, you too. Let's get together soon again, yeah. This podcast was produced and edited by John. Post-production is by Carl Svensson at Tadar Media Limited. Music by Colin McGrath, Joe Brown, Johnny Smale and Simon Wollstonecroft. And the artwork is by Lee Dyer. This has been Funky Size, A to Z of Manchester. Mm-hmm.